Welcome, welcome to E Society Podcast. Hey, hey, what's up? It's Azizu back again, E Society Podcast, and it's Spotify time. But before I go any further, it's the news. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? We're back. Um, we got a regular episode coming, but I need to watch some stuff. I haven't watched anything. <laughs> I've been watching. I got a couple things. I got a couple I did. Things. I did get caught up on Young Sheldon, finally. I'm, like, caught up to where now I can watch it week to week. Um, I finished Daily Alaska or Alaska Daily, whatever that show was called. Would it make my end of the year? I thought it was in the beginning, but then as the last few episodes winded down, I was like, eh. I mean, it was have cool. I like they you solved seen, the mystery, but it was just like, eh, okay. Go have ahead. you seen the commercial for the new season slash spinoff of True Detective? I have not. I'm still that on that one. Show. That one, uh, it's uh, Jodie Foster and an Alaskan native, and it's it looks like it's going to be pretty good. It's like uh, True Detective, but yeah, it's like set in like you know how Alaska can just like always be dark. Oh, it's during that time. Yeah. So it's uh. like, ooh, this could be cool. <laughs> Like 30 days a night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we need to do that at some point. Yeah, Maybe. I, I, let me just say or tell her again real quick here. If you've listened to the show forever, you know this, but uh, Comic-Con, our very first year, you, me, Joel, that was, uh, what, 2007? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we go into, they have like movies they play all night in the hotel. And uh, I actually hadn't seen the movie before. We go in the room to see it, and I got all into it. Like, it was like, you know, a good amount into it. I was all into it. And then, like, the scene finished, and I turned to y'all, and I was like, damn, that was good. And y'all, like, almost passed out. The guy came over, like, you guys got to go. It <laughs> <laughs> well, was a rough night, man. <laughs> yeah. And you had party. seen it. So, I mean, yeah. I it. But yeah, I hadn't seen it. I was all into it. And I turned to y'all and it was like <laughs> about to pass out. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to do a, um, you know, I might save it for uh, 31 days. Cause, um, oh, yeah, perfect. Might as well. Yeah, we got a few more months till then. But yeah, we need to do that. If you're new to the show and, this, and you're listening to uh, our Spotify stuff, thank you for listening. Every uh, October Halloween season, we do 31 Days of Horror. So you get a, a pod every single day in October, leading all the way up to Halloween. The uh, last few years, we ended it with um, the uh, the new Halloween films. Halloween, right. We did uh, that, what, two years in a row? Yeah. Halloween yep. Kills and Halloween Ends. Kills. Yeah, we, yep. we did that. Plus a bunch of other things, some stuff, some short stuff that I, I watched or Brian bring to my attention uh, Mike and I, we did a commentary for one. Uh, shout out to um, my friend Julie. She came on and we did one. Um, I remember Rachel did one one year and we did a uh, Carrie. Right. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember Mike, Brian, everyone, all the regulars. But yeah, I mean, um, we're get, we got to get geared up for that. That's all, it's a few months away, but 
Good to yeah. I started my list already, everyone. Perfect. On what I want. <laughs> I mean, I, I got a couple down. I don't really have. You know, let me add 31 Days of Horror now. Or 31 Days. Let me add. Uh, what was it? Uh, 30 Days of Night. 30 Days of Night. Yeah. <laughs> let me add that to this list before I forget. Oh, man. What happened? Okay. 30 Days of Night. There you All go. right, everyone. That's going to be one. I don't know exactly what order this is going to be in, but. All right, everyone. We are here tonight. We're going to give you uh, three each from us. Three hella sad moments uh, throughout movie history. It might be old movies. It might be newer movies. I mean, but these are these are just three three we're coming up with right now. Uh, we'll probably do this again. We, I do want to do a TV one. Uh, I had two down, but then there was a third one. I was kind of really having a tough time trying to think. I mean, something that really, like, not bothered me, but really kind of just like, oh, uh, I'm trying to think of an old, well, older show. I mean, because I have a recent one and then one that was in, I guess, in the 2000s. I want to kind of go back to, like, 70s watching something I'm, i kind of have one in mind but i need to watch that episode again plus i need to find it first of all but anyway all right uh, i'm gonna kick us off with uh, my first one this is a film that came out in 2017 it made my best of list of that year and this is taylor sheridan's wind river a veteran hunter helps an FBI agent investigate a murder of a young woman on a Wyoming Native American reservation. The stars uh, Elizabeth Olsen. Um, what the hell? Uh, the hell's her name? <laughs> An ex- Scarlet Witch. Yes, yeah, Scarlet Witch. Um, I need to rewatch uh, what you call it. I know we talked about it. Doctor Strange, that last one again. And uh, um, what was the show? One Division. One Division. Oh man, there you go. That was one that was sad. Uh, yeah, that's true. Maybe we'll talk about. It. Maybe we won't. But anyway, uh, Jeremy Renner, uh, the great Graham Greene, Kelsey Asbel, Abazabel, I think that's her name. Julia Jones, uh, Tyler, Larka, Martin, Semesir, I think I'd say say his name. Uh, Tantu Cardinal, um, Gil Birmingham, and a bunch of others. All right, this movie was, it was a tough watch the very first time I saw it. I knew it was going to be, I knew it was going to be a tough watch. Um, I love Jeremy Renner. I love uh, Elizabeth Olsen. And uh, Graham Greene, of course. Uh, Julia Jones, for those of you that uh, know her from the Twilight films, or she was in one episode of Man- the first season of Mandalorian, and she was in was it Dexter, that last season? Bad Blood or something, I don't know, something to do with blood. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, so one of those shows. She's been in tons of other things, but this was one that was, it was really... It was a really rough, rough watch, to to be honest, through the whole thing. If you guys have seen it, you know. Um, yeah. But especially for me, it was 
It was really tough. I remember sitting in a theater. I went and saw it with uh, Mike and uh, my sister-in-law. And, oh, man, I was just in tears the whole time. But I was good. I knew what was going to happen. But I did just... I just wanted to see the story and everything. So I've never been to Wyoming, but this movie made me not want to go there in the winter because it looks right. cold. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it gets cold here, but not like Wyoming cold or even Illinois cold. For those of you that live out in those 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 states, man, I give it to you. <laughs> it was, uh, I haven't been to Wyoming, but the Illinois, man, it was, it hurt. That's how cold it was. But the scene that, that got me that, that I'm going to talk about in this was the scene between um, Jeremy Renner and uh, Gil Birmingham. Um, Jeremy Renner shows up. Uh, Gil Birmingham, his daughter, uh, Natalie, she was the one that uh, was found murdered uh, in the beginning of the film. And Jeremy Renner, he is like the uh, wildlife uh, hunter guy. He kind of helps and uh, keeps the the animals in line out on the res and everything. And he was the one that found uh, her body. And so he knew who, whose family was. And his backstory was he had lost his daughter. Uh, they were friends with uh, Natalie uh, years earlier. So he, he was still dealing with that grief. Uh, his wife, uh, Julia Jones, um, they kind of separated after, after their daughter passed. And so he went, he knew, uh, Elizabeth Olsen and, and Graham Greene, they went to uh, Gil Birmingham's house. His name was Martin. He went to his his house, and they were um, – and his wife, Annie, uh, what was her name? Athena, Sam, to just talk to them and because uh, Elizabeth Olsen, Jane Banner, she was an FBI agent. She was trying to figure out uh, some stuff about their daughter, but – it just wasn't a good time that day, and and I, and I totally I totally get it, and I understand it completely. And she was like, but she was doing her job. She just wanted to talk, and they didn't they they were not in the mood for it. But she was like, well, I need to ask some questions to your wife. Can I go see her? And Ben uh, Graham Greene's like, uh, I don't think so. But Martin, he at first he was like, yeah, go ahead, go talk to her. So she walks into the over to the room to her room and she opens the door and she sees her mom, Annie, uh, Martin's wife, cutting herself. Uh, just heartbroken, dealing with the loss of her daughter. And that's. I know different tribes have different uh, ways of dealing with, with loss. I'm not really sure if that was how they they dealt with it, but uh, as far as just trying to take that pain away uh, of losing someone a loved one is tough so i was like oh man i wasn't i wasn't ready for that scene but it was just really quick and then she just shut the door and like oh my god and then all of a sudden we, we get a knock on the door and uh martin walks up to the door and jeremy renner Corey, his character was standing there and then martin just lost it he went out on the porch and you just hear him screaming because uh like i said Corey, uh, jeremy renner's character he had lost his daughter some years earlier so when they were sitting out on the porch they were standing on the porch and he was talking to him and Corey, uh jeremy renner was telling him, look man i i went to this uh this grief seminar and uh they were telling him basically that your daughter's gone and you won't ever get her back 
and just giving them like like you need to accept it before you can move forward. I mean, because there's some people like even yeah, some of my friends with with the loss of a, a child or or a loved one, it, it was it's tough to to just. I don't want to say get over it, but it, it was it was just really tough for uh, for some people. I mean, I've had friends that lost people, and they just went on like nothing was happening. But I could see deep down inside that they were hurting, and those are like personal friends of mine. <laughs> Me, I I still have my good and bad days, but I have to to move forward. I, I have to provide for my family. I mean, I let my wife just handle it her way and grieve her way i did not tell her to get off her ass and get back to work she didn't go to work for like a year or two but i knew i had to i had to move forward and and keep working i know my son would have wanted us to to just uh, keep living our lives so i mean i felt that whole speech that that jeremy renner was saying to uh gil birmingham and i felt both of their pain and like I said, when I was watching this for the first time, or pretty much every time I watch this film, I just immediately, I'm holding back the tears now, just pouring down my face. I saw this movie like four times in the theater, and every single time. And then when I bought it on Blu-ray, and then when it started hitting uh, Netflix and all that, oh man, it's still, it's a, I love this movie. It's a very powerful and strong movie. Uh, I loved everybody that was in it, but that one scene spoke to me the most on on how to how these two were dealing with it and i mean everyone like i said every everybody's different i mean we've always said this on the show i mean if you feel like you need to talk to, to someone and you can't talk to a friend or a family member husband wife boyfriend girlfriend what have you i mean you can reach out to us i mean we can we can listen if you just feel like you need to talk to someone that you don't know on a personal level so I mean, that offer is always there no matter what. But but with this film, uh, it didn't have a happy ending, but the ending, I was like, fuck yeah. I I loved the way it ended. And it was, it was still a very, very sad ending, but I liked the outcome of what was going on in this one. I know some people were going, oh, it took a white guy to, to tell this story. That's the only reason it got into the theaters. Why can't they let... Uh, indigenous directors and writers have their have their moments. I, I I get it. I understand. But I was still happy that this story was told to get out there because some of my non-native friends that did see this, they didn't know this type of stuff was going on because most of this stuff is never shown in the news. It's never on the TV news. It's never on online news. Or if you guys still get printed newspapers in your area, it's not. This stuff isn't in the news. They even said it at the very end of this film. But I love the film. It's an awesome and it's an amazing film. For some reason, I thought it was over two hours. It was only an hour and 47 minutes. But everybody in it did an awesome and powerful performance. Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen, they they just, they're magic on the screen, even in the Avengers. So I hope uh, we get more of them. Shout out to Jeremy Renner. He is dealing uh, with his recovery, but he is up and moving now, so that's good. If you guys listened to the last show, we talked about his renovations. Uh, definitely check that show out on uh, Disney Plus. But yeah, my first film that I wanted to, the scene that I wanted to talk about was uh, on Wind River. Yeah, yeah, um, right there with you. Uh, yeah, definitely, 
powerful film for sure. All right. Uh, first one for me, going back to 1987's uh, La Bamba, the biographical oh. story of the rise of nowhere for early rock and roll singer Richie Valens, who died at age 17 in a plane crash with Buddy Holly and the Big Bopper. This one obviously starring uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. Um, yeah, coming being that it came out in 87, I was eight years old. So I wouldn't say, you know, I had really seen too many like deep things or sad things. So in a way, this is like kind of like the first film that I can think of that like really was like, man, that's like sad, you know? And then, you know, you, I, you, you, you know, talked to my folks about it and, you know, they explained to me, you know, about, uh, you know, it was real and, you know, what happened and yeah, I mean, it's heavy. Um, the scene for me, obviously, and I mean, it's a true story. It's no getting around it or spoiling it, but the, when you get to the end and I love that song, but the song too is all uh, like just sad. The, uh, Santo and, uh, Johnny, the sleepwalk, that song, uh, uh love uh, it. But yeah, like instant, like, you know, kind of sadness. So yeah, that's, uh, that's what I wanted to go with my, for my first pick. Cause it was like, when you first text me this idea, I was like, normally i'll jump on the phone do a little research but i was like let me like like just feel with this one and like what like what do you think when you first come to mind and this was the first one that came to mind for me yeah um i like these these type of films when they talk about um uh music uh musicians uh, musical story uh, I love this movie. I love this soundtrack. Love it. Yep. I'm trying to think. Did I know who Lou Diamond Phillips was at the time? I don't. I definitely didn't. <laughs> I, I don't think I did. I, I wasn't sure. Was this before? Um, was this before Young Guns? Because Young Guns was 88. Okay, this was the year before. 87. Yeah. All right. Yeah, when this one. I knew I knew who Richie Valens was. I didn't know his story. I knew he he had passed in a plane crash with Buddy Holly and uh, Big Bopper. So I was like, okay, cool. Let's, let's. I don't know how true the story was. I remember when the film came out. I heard it was really, the new, that whole that whole it the the thing leading up to the end. I heard was all like true. The he was sick and he didn't want to do it and he had like the vision of it like oh man it was rough that's sad <laughs> i mean none of us want to hear that information or get that info from anywhere but these it, it was so to me it was so sad i'm watching the ending right now but yeah it was so sad yeah oh how they found out yeah like who well, I don't know. I, I don't know. They, they didn't really go into who, but that to me that was that was a shitty way to find out. I mean, I, I not no disrespect on, on. I didn't mean to laugh, but 
I was like, oh, man. I remember sitting there. What was I? Uh, 16, 15 when this came out. I remember sitting there with my cousin and uh, one of our friends. Uh, rest in peace, Abby. We love you and we miss you. And they were just bawling their eyes out. I was, dude, I was holding it back. I had that, that big lump in my throat and I was just trying to be tough. Um, I yeah. cry my eyes out now watching this. <laughs> and I watched this recently, not too long ago. But I was like, oh, man, this is, I mean, I've seen the movie a billion times, but I always dread the ending. I mean, especially right. now. Oh, but yeah. It was, oh, fuck. Yeah, so good. man, it, yeah, it was it was it was an amazing film. I love the soundtrack, but I mean, the awesome acting, Isai Morales as Bob. Yeah, um, yeah. and yeah, the it, yeah like, that that in the ending too, like like when you're talking about when they hear and they, oh, and they, did you hear this and that, and then you know he goes out, Richard. Oh. Yeah, oh man. Yeah, that 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 was. Oh my God, that part was rough. After he screams for his brother, then they show the scene when they're when they're running up the um the hill. Yeah. Oh man. Who? Sorry, man. My voice is getting a little shaky. But yeah, man, that that part was rough. I was like, uh. As soon as the movie was over, I was like, I walked outside and threw a quarter and whatever video game was there and started right. playing. Just the, <laughs> but I mean, everybody, man, everybody, you hear that. <laughs> and the, everyone's yeah. sniffling. I, dude, I was sitting there fighting to hold it back. And They and did try did. to bring up the mood a little, like, with the, they, you know, brought it back with the, the La Bamba during the credits. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that that was a rough one to get through. Oh man, yeah. Oh yeah. man, oh, hold on. Okay, <laughs> my friends texted me. <laughs> yeah, uh, but oh man, it was uh, it was a rough one, man. Definitely, but amazing, amazing film, La Bamba. Everyone, check it out if you haven't, if you haven't seen it. All right, this next one, uh, I we kind of knew the outcome. On where it was going to go because we've never heard of any of these characters after this film. It was a one and done, but it is a part of the the story, the saga. Uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Mm. Uh, it's cool that we got Andor. I mean, we, we see his demise at the end, him and um, what's her nuts? What the hell is her name? Jen uh, Erso. We see their demise uh, when the, the blast. I mean, I love that was it was sad, but it was, it was like they died in a warm embrace because they yeah. were both dying. They were both dying either way. He was too. He was. I'm surprised he didn't break his back when he fell. Right. But they were they were both gonna die either way, and that blast hopefully was fast, and they were just incinerated. But the scene that got me was uh, Donnie N. Trude Enway when he bought it. Oh, and. Uh, Baze, what was his name? Baze Melvis. No, what's the actor's name? Oh. Uh, uh, Oh, uh, oh, here it is. Oh, damn it. Kind of got away from it. Um, Damn. Do you remember at the Star Wars celebration, though, when he spoiled uh, 
uh, cheering Enway's death. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, the person leading the panel was uh, Captain Phasma. And she, like, freaked out and, like, like tried to move it along. Like, try. hopefully nobody heard that. But I heard it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Baze Malbus, Wen Jiang. I think that's how you say his last name. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of sad things. Even when uh, K2SO bought it, right. I was like, huh, weak. I mean, I yeah, it was, it was, I actually, as soon as that happened, I actually started to have a bad feeling about the whole crew. Once I mean, K2 didn't make it, I was like, uh oh. I, 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 I just feel it that it was I just figured we we never heard from any of these people again. Even even if you guys did listen to our uh, episodes before we even actually saw the film, I was saying like I don't think these guys make it because we right. never hear from about them ever again. And so, but man, I I knew it was going to be good. Uh, we both knew it was going to be our number one movie of that year. Um, but man, yeah, when K2SO bought it, I can't remember the exact thing he said before he, he died, but oh man, he was just a droid, but he was, uh, such, uh, an awesome character in the film. So, uh, voiced by Alan Tudyk and, <laughs> uh, Pirate Steve from, uh, Dodgeball. But man, that was rough. Even when Forrest Whitaker saw Guerrero when he bought it, <laughs> I was like, damn, or, uh, Bodie Rook, Riz Ahmed. Yep. There was no way around that. When they threw that grenade into into the cruiser, I was like, oh, that's yeah. a boom. Or when uh, Mads uh, Mickelson, uh, Galen Erso, when he died, oh, he got to see his daughter one last time, and then boom. But yep. when Chirrut, when he went out there because they wanted him to, to blow up uh, that little um, thing that, that was going to um, – was it um, – Blow up the uh, or open the uh, no, it was they were gonna get rid of the shield that was around the planet. They were, um, they had to so they can uh, get the uh, the Death Star plans up to um, Akbar and the gang. But he, when he just walked out there, he kind of knew that was it, he knew it was time for him to to say goodnight because he just he just walked out there and. Oh man, he made it all the way to the thing. He turned and looked at uh, Baze as Baze is just yelling at him, "Trude!" I was like, "Oh!" <laughs> but he yeah. walks out there and then he uh, flicks the switch and then, boom! Uh, the the plans get launched up there and he turns around and then he just boom! He gets uh, blown up and then Baze runs out there. And when uh, he flips him over and he's like, look for the force and you'll find me. And yeah. that was it. I was like, oh, mm -hmm. that was just such. I mean, he was an amazing character. I wish they would give them a show. Yeah, I would like to see those two. Uh, what we what happened before we saw them in Rogue One. We got Andor. I mean, I think these two were. Were fan favorites of this film, so I definitely. I mean, I've, I've said this before on they the show. They could do it, yeah. They could do I it. I would love. They've written. I know they at least have one book on on the, them, so they could do it. 
But yeah, man, that that was that was rough. <laughs> yeah. That was a rough scene. I mean, everyone was buying it at the end, but that scene right there was got me the most. I mean, right. just because on how uh, mystical Giroud was. I mean, they even and or is he a Jedi? Anyway, no, yeah. only dreamers like this fool. Yeah, <laughs> the Force did protect me. <laughs> I protected you. I mean, when we first see them on the screen, when when then we find when he finally gets into action, when Giroud takes out those stormtroopers. Oh man, I wanted more of that. And if you can, yep. any of you guys listening, Disney Plus Star Wars crew, give us more of them. Because it would just be a martial arts spectacular with Donnie Yen. I mean, I'm sure he would do it again. I'm sure Baze as well. Oh, yeah. But that scene when when Cheru bought it, and Baze bought it shortly after. He turned around, and he was his friend, and he got the forces with me, and I'm with the force, and he's walking, just, just, just gunning down everybody that gets in his way, and then poof, he blows up. I was like, Oh, <laughs> I was like, man, he went out, but he went out in a blazing gun, gun, <laughs> in a blaze of glory. All of them did, but oh man, it was it was such uh, a powerful film. A lot of people said ah, it was okay. I was like, you guys just had no heart <laughs> because there was so many sad moments in this film, but it was awesome. I mean, why couldn't they do with the the next? Uh, the next films, but I don't know. But this was still hella good. Uh, I, I just can't believe what uh, Gareth Edwards did. I don't know if we'll ever see. No, that's the Han Solo one. The um, Lord Miller. I, I'd like to see what they shot. I know they did put some of it into Ron Howard's film. Everyone was blaming Ron Howard. It wasn't. It wasn't his fault. He came in just to 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 save it and give us what we got and it was fine we'll probably have to do a rewind on that one as well i haven't seen it in a while but but this one man it was like a flat-out war movie at the end of the film right uh what, what planet were they on uh scarif at the end yeah and of course darth vader coming in at the end and just destroying everyone. That was a Darth Vader we wanted everyone. <laughs> we got yeah. him a good way in Obi-Wan, which was awesome. Shout out the guy that played Vader in this. And it, it was mainly awesome to hear uh, James Earl Jones back as the voice of Vader. When we first heard him, oh, man, it gave me chills. But Rogue One, a Star Wars story, if you have not seen this film, yeah, we ruined it already. But should have. This film came out in 2016, so you should have. If you got Disney+, Plus. There's no excuse, but Rogue One, a Star Wars story, is one of my sad moments in uh, movie history. All right, yeah. what do you got? All right. Um, the next one that came to mind, I was trying to think about uh, like a sad time in the theater. And actually, like, I I would say, like, I, I haven't been to too many. I mean, maybe it's the type of movie I, I normally seek out, action events, or not too many sad films I, I think I actually see in the theaters. I can't remember the last one I did. But one I did uh, all the way back in 1999 when I saw almost every movie that came out that year in theaters uh, was The Green Mile. And I think we've mentioned on the, the show before. Uh, about how you know emotional this one was uh tom hanks michael clark duncan david morse bonnie hunt james cromwell 
also Graham Greene, uh, Sam Rockwell, Barry Pepper, ton of people, hell of people, um, based on the uh, uh, Stephen King book directed by Frank Darabont, um, based on Stephen King's 1996 novel, the same name, stars Tom Hanks as a death row corrections officer during the U.S. Great Depression who witnessed supernatural events that occur in an enigmatic inmate is brought to his facility um yeah this was especially in the uh, lead up to the end in the end and then even after that like the final moments of the film when you because you cut to a more present day uh, older version of tom hanks like in the retirement home even that like just you could feel it in the theater and it enhanced it even more I and mean, you, you just watch it uh by yourself and you're gonna feel emotional about it but like in the theater like it made it that much more heavy like everybody kind of going through it and you could definitely hear the the tears and the sobbing and whatnot and like damn like i even going all the way back now like like i couldn't remember anything like that so that always really uh, stuck with me and like i've mentioned before um on the show like when i have like these certain experiences when you have like that experience in theaters like it really can like stick with you and uh, green miles one that uh has always stuck with me for that reason yeah, Renee and I went and seen this. She had read the book, so she was she, she was reading she <laughs> was reading books, and she was like she wanted to see every movie. Uh, she goes, "I want to finish this book before we see the movie." So I'm like, "Okay, whatever." I mean, I, of course, I know who Stephen King is. Everyone knows who Stephen King is. Speaking of Stephen King, listen to the latest um, when it comes out. The next uh, Horror Returns episode, we talk about uh, Stephen King's Children of the Corn, the original one. And then I, I gave my two cents about a little bit of the second film, but I, I did put these kids to bed. But anyway, yeah, go listen to that when it's out. But yeah, Academy Award winner Tom Hanks, uh, amazing, amazing. Also another Academy Award winner, James Cromwell. He was in, or was he a nominee? I know he was a nominee for, um, for what was that one with the pig? Uh, Babe, he was nominated yeah. for that. I, I think there was other Academy Award uh, nominees in this. But everybody in this, but the one I hated the most was Percy Whitmore, Doug Hutchinson. This was the first film I saw him in. He's that little wormy little guard. Oh, yeah. This movie made me hate him. Yeah. And I still hate him today. I mean, even in his personal life. He was worse than Sam Rockwell's Wild Bill. Yeah. I mean, I think this was the first movie I seen Sam Rockwell in as well. No, it wasn't. I seen him when he was younger. But he was an asshole in that too, in Clown House. But I mean, not like this. Yeah, he was a he was a murderer and, and a rapist and all that. But I like Sam Rockwell. He just he's an awesome actor and everything is, and he did an awesome performance in this. But there was a few sad, other than the end. There was a few sad moments in this. The part when um they snuck out John Coffee and they took him to uh, the warden's. Uh, house when he uh, yeah. helped her. Uh, she had some kind of brain tumors in her head. 
uh, Pat- Patricia Clarkson, uh, Melinda mm-hmm. Morris, when he helped her, when he sucked it all out of her, because she was cussing up a storm, calling him the N-word, and then when he sucked it out of her, and then she was all good, I was like, oh. And when her husband, uh, Warden uh, James Cromwell, uh, he was sitting there looking just, he was happy, but he was so happy he was just crying his eyes out. I was like, oh. I mean, that was like a, a happy uh, yeah. cry but it, it was it was it was still awesome but the ending man i even i was a little sad for uh what's his name uh Dela, delacroix uh mr uh-huh. jingles owner yeah um, and also barry pepper his, his dean stanton he's one of the guards he's oh. like bawling and they're like trying to keep him together I was I was sad and kind of feeling it uh, when those other guys. I mean, but Delacroix, he I think he murdered someone, so I, I can't be too sad for him. But I, I liked his character. But he was he was a murderer. That's why he was on the on the mile. But anyway, um, yeah, I was good when they were uh, hooking up John Coffee because they all knew he couldn't have done it. Because even when he right when when he touched Paul and showed him showed him who yeah. showed him who killed. Uh, because John Coffey was put in prison because uh, they thought he was the one that killed um, was that William Sadler's uh, two little girls. Oh, dude, that part was sad when he was screaming and he was holding those two little girls. I was he couldn't like, take oh. it back. And he, that's what he was saying. That's how he got convicted, that he couldn't take it back. So that sounds yeah. like he did it. But he was talking about the power like he couldn't yeah. he couldn't reverse it with his power. That was I was like oh that part was tough and yeah at that point in the movie we 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 don't know but when he um when uh oh after after he got the 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 little brain tumor out of uh uh the warden's wife when he he didn't usually he coughs it up after he uh, takes it out and he went over to, he went back to the prison and he was coughing and coughing and they were like come on man just get it out. And they thought he was going to die because he didn't get it out. But he, like, saved it until he got back. (laughs) He held on to it. So when he got back, Percy was over there. And then I can't remember exactly how it did, but he grabbed Percy and he let it all out. And it went into Percy and made him all crazy. And then he walked over. He killed uh, Wild Bill. So I thought that that was awesome. I mean, what he had done. So, but... They were all like they knew uh, brutal Paul. Um, what was it? Um, Harry, the other guy that was with him, and Barry Pepper. They all knew yeah. John Coffey didn't do it. I mean, rest in peace, Michael Clark Duncan, amazing actor. Yeah, yeah. They all knew he he didn't do it. But yeah, dude, when they were hooking him all up, and when they were just, I was all I was feeling it. I had that big lump in my throat. Yeah, watching it just kind of. <sighs> taking deep breaths. But when they showed Barry Pepper, Dean Stanton, his yeah. character crying, that's when I went, what? that's when I lost it. I couldn't <laughs> hold it back. I was like, oh my God. And right. Bruno was telling him, because you know, uh, Paul did, he goes, you need to wipe those tears before you get back up. And he was yeah. just like, his nose is all snotty and he just yeah. wiped it all off. And then he got up and, uh, and then they executed John Coffey, which was, yeah. oh man, it, it was tough and it was sad. I mean, it's even like sad all- before that in the lead up to it, when he's like telling him like, I'm supposed to like execute like a miracle. Like, yeah, 
what am I supposed to do <laughs> when they ask me <laughs> why you, oh, you did that? And then it's interesting, like, it does tie into that whole idea. Like, he says, like, he, I don't have any, you know, false illusion of uh, immortality, but if he can make a mouse live this long, like, how long do I have? Like, it's like the gift and the curse. Like, he gave him the gift and the curse. Like, He's he got the life, but he had to watch everybody close to him pass away. And he even tells that other lady in the home, like, you'll go too. And then it like fast forwards and she's gone. And it's like, yeah, wow, that's heavy. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a rough. <laughs> it, it was it was happy. I had happy moments and everything. But then it was it was it was rough. Oh man! But yeah, the ending, the ending, ending really, really got me. I was like, oh my god! But awesome film. If you guys haven't seen uh, the Green Mile, you got HBO Max. Definitely, it's over three hours. Little uh, three That's hours crazy. and some change. That's crazy to think, just because like you, it's so easy to get into. I never thought of it as that long, and it is. But you're just in it. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was it was such an amazing and powerful film. I love this movie. Yeah, yeah it's one of those ones I can throw on. Or like if you're changing channels and it's on, I'll, I'll watch it to the end. And uh, I know what's happening. I know what's coming. Even though I'm still ready for it, tears still come out. Oh, but the other part that got me too is right before they threw the switch, um, uh, Tom Hanks' character, he leaned over and shook his hand. I was like, oh, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and and it was rough, man. What would you do? I mean, he it was too late. He was already found guilty and sentenced to death, but there there was nothing. Yeah, because he asked him too. He's like, Do you wanna do you want me to let you go? Like Yeah. You know, how far are you gonna get? And I'm fine with it, like, but you know, and he tells him no, you know. <laughs> he said he was he goes, I'm just tired. I'm just tired yeah. of everything, tired of I mean that whole speech Michael Clark Duncan did that they that was why he was nominated for uh, oh, Academy yeah. Award. I wish he would have won. I can't remember who won that year, but man, yeah, that scene was was powerful. I mean, this whole movie was amazing. I, I was I didn't I mean Tom Hanks, Stephen King, awesome. I didn't know it was going to be as good as it was, and I had no idea I was going to be crying my eyes out at the end. <laughs> but uh, amazing film, The Green Mile. All right, everyone. My last one, this one came out in 1982. Uh, I know a lot of people really didn't care for the first film. I think that one came out in like 79. Yeah, 79 uh, was the first one. Not not even the, the diehard Trekkies. Trekkers, Trekkies, whatever you want to call yourself, didn't care for the first one. Um, but Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. I, I was going to see it regardless um, because I am a Star Trek fan, I wouldn't go myself call myself a Trekkie or a Trekker, but I just I always I, I think I love the movies more than I actually loved the TV series, the original TV series. I've seen I don't know if I've seen every episode, but I've seen pretty much a lot of it. Maybe I have. I don't. I just don't know. I never watched it in order. It was just whenever it was on, and I, and I would watch it. Um, but I was I was more into the movies. Because at this time, this is only the second one. 
Star Trek 2, cool, the Rathicon. I had no idea who it was until actually the movie was going. And when Khan comes on the screen, then I remembered the old episode that he was on. If you watched that one, it was real super cheesy and everything. But um, the great um, R- R- Ricardo Montalban, he he was amazing as Khan, even even back in the day on the TV show and even in this one. I thought that was him. I thought he was all ripped and buff. But uh, watching the making of this stuff, no, nah, he was wearing like a a fake chest plate or where that wasn't all. <laughs> Uh, Ricardo, <laughs> it fooled me all these years. But this film was amazing. I loved it. Uh, okay, what is this about? Uh, with the assistance of the Enterprise crew, Admiral Kirk must stop an old nemesis, Khan Nguyen, I think Singh, I think as I said, uh, from using a life-generating Genesis device as an ultimate weapon. Directed by Nicholas Mayer. Writers Gene Roddenberry, Jack B. Swords, and Harv Bennett. And this stars, of course, the great William Shatner. At this time, was Admiral James T. Kirk. Uh, Leonard Nimoy as uh, Captain Spock. DeForest Kelly as McCoy. Bones. Uh, Jimmy Doohan as Scotty. Walter Kang as Chekhov. The great and great. George Takei as Sulu. Uh, Nichelle Nichols as Ahura, rest in peace. Rest in peace to Forrest Kelly and Leonard Nimoy as well. Um, Paul Winfield, Ricardo Montalban, rest in peace. And this one hurt. This one, I think it was a year, maybe two, I don't remember. But Kirstie Alley, she played Savick. Uh, she passed away. Uh, I loved Kirstie Alley um, in the Cheers, this, the Look Who Talking films. Uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous, uh, Village of the Damned, and a, a bunch of other things that she popped up in. She was even in the Goldbergs. Um, was she ever? No, I don't think she was in uh, Sunny. No, the middle. She popped up in that. But she's been in a ton of things. Yeah, she passed away last year. Uh, amazing, amazing. Love Kirstie Alley. But this one, um, of course, we, we got we got the ending. Well, was rough when uh. When Spock basically saved the whole Enterprise, because after the whole battle that they went through with Khan and everything, that was that was it was it was an awesome film. I didn't realize how awesome it was going to be, because even when I saw the original one, I remember going, "All right, cool." I loved how it began with the Klingons and everything, but then we got all this everything when they were searching for V'ger. It turned out to be the Voyager probe. Um, it was what it was. A lot of people, I mean, like I said, even some of the diehard uh, Star Trek fans didn't really care for it, but I did. I thought I thought it was a cool movie. I still enjoy it today. I just watched the the, the director's cut on uh, Paramount Plus. I think it's gone now, but uh, it was it was cool, man. I loved uh, what was on there. But the scene when when Spock died at the end, oh, that was that was just so rough. I could, I I mean, there was like, they were trying to get away because the Genesis, uh, um, Khan launched the the Genesis uh, device and it was, it blew up, uh, what were they, what was their ship called? Uh, um, I'm sure you Star Trek fans are screaming at me. The one that they stole from Paul Winfield and those guys, Uh, I can't remember the, the, the name of it, but anyway, um, yeah, when he set it off, boom, and it blew up, and then it just formed a planet. Um, and that that blast was coming, and uh, Enterprise was trying to get away before 
that blast hit him and would kill him. But there, they were damaged so bad that uh, they they couldn't get out of there fast enough. So uh, there was some kind of little radioactive nuclear crystals or whatever the hell those things were. Um, Scott, because Scotty was telling him, "Yeah, man, it's we're we're damn we're t- terrible down here, man. It, I don't think we're gonna make it." So Spock goes down there, and uh, he's talking to Scotty, and he's telling him, he "Goes yeah, the the whatever whatever crystals and this and that." And he's like, "Okay." And then he was gonna go in there and do, it, and they were like, "You can't go in there. You're gonna all the radiation is gonna kill you." So um, McCoy was the one that stopped him, and he was like, "All right." He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "Uh." All right, well, what's up with Mr. Scott? Is he okay? And when McCoy turned to me, he was like, yeah, he's all good. But then uh, Spock grabbed me because I don't have time to uh, explain this to you, doctor. And he gives him the the Vulcan pinch. And then he gives uh, uh, McCoy the uh, Vulcan mind meld. And he touches his face and then says, remember? That didn't really get to me into the third film. I, I didn't. I was... What was this? When did this come out? 82, so I was about 11 years old when I saw this. So I was kind of really unsure. I mean, I knew they had done that on the show, but I probably must have not really been paying attention. But when he, was, he does that and he gives him the Vulcan mind metal and tells him to remember, then sets him aside and he goes in, pulls that big thing off, all that radiation or whatever the hell it is, is pouring in his face. And Scotty kind of comes to and is like, yeah, get out of there. And he's screaming and screaming. And then, <coughs> excuse me, it's like he fixes whatever it is. And they've got full power. And then poosh, they punch it the hell out of there. And then uh, they're like, hey, everything's all good, all good. And then um, Scotty kind of tells Kirk, hey, man, you need to come down here. And then he goes like, why? And then he turns around and looks and over at Spock station and he's not sitting at his seat. So he's like, fuck. So he goes down there and then he's looking at him and Kirk runs up. He's like, ah, he goes, you can't go in there. And he goes, you'll flood the compartment. And Scotty goes, he's dead already. And you see uh, Spock kind of just leaning up against um, whatever he was he was trying to fix. And then um, he got, Kirk gets on the intercom. And like just goes Spock, and then Spock kind of gets up. I mean, even as awesome as he is, he gets up, fixes his uniform, so he's all like proper. But oh man, this part was rough. He walks over to the to the glass, and then just dish runs into it because he he's I don't know that he's green blooded Vulcan. He's half human as well. But he's just like, oh, man, he, he doesn't know what the hell's happening. But he he asked the captain, he goes, the ship is out of danger. And he didn't. Kirk is like, yeah. And then he goes, he goes, do not grieve, Admiral. It's logical. The needs of the many outweigh the needs uh, of the few is what Kirk ends it with. And then he goes, he goes, or the one. I never took the Kobayashi Maru test until now. What do you think of my solution? And Kirk is just like, just on the verge of tears and he's like just Spock and then Spock kind of just kind of squats down and then and like with his last dying breath he's oh man about to cry <laughs> he says I have been and always shall be your friend and then he sticks up his hand with the Vulcan salute and says live long and prosper and then he just 
closes his eyes and, and he dies. We saw this the the opening weekend on that Saturday, that first episode, the, the first showing Saturday at the Parkway Theater. My brother and I went and saw it. And there was tons and tons of Star Trek fans in there. I mean, they came cosplay, everything dressed up. The neighborhood I grew up in isn't a cosplay neighborhood. <laughs> but uh they they everyone that came out that day, that morning in full force uh for this film, they were they were ready for it. Because I remember seeing uh, a lot of uh, Starfleet uniforms uh, and everything, so I thought that was really cool. But yeah, man, the, the you can hear the <laughs> and the sniffling and everything. I would, I would, we were kind of close to the front, and even this too, man. I, I had that big lump in my throat, and I was like, oh man. I mean, I, watching this now, I'll tear up because it, it was just Spock was like an awesome character, man. I mean, we didn't. Like what? Is that it? This is how he's going out. I mean, but he went out a hero. That scene was rough to watch. And then his his uh, funeral when they put him in one of those uh, those little torpedo casing. And uh, Scotty's playing his bagpipes. Kirk is uh, trying to hold the tears back, and he's giving his speech. The camera goes over to Savick, and she's just got tears running down her eyes. Oh man, it was it was it was a rough ending. But I mean, the ending I thought the very very ending was amazing. How they had Leonard Nimoy do the space, the final frontier, and the cameras going through uh, the Genesis planet, and then we see Scott uh, Spock's little uh, coffin torpedo tube, just nicely set in this awesome little jungle. Didn't know we were gonna get Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock years later. <laughs> I had no idea because I remember just leaving the theater like, oh man, <laughs> it ended on such a such a downer. But uh, if you saw the search for Spock, it was awesome that they went back and uh, to save him. And uh, so basically, if you guys didn't see it, <laughs> he wasn't. They brought him back me because it was uh, Star Trek Three's Star Trek Two was my favorite out of all of them. I would go Star Trek Two. One, three, no, no, no. Two, one, four, three, and then I can't remember the other Undiscovered Country and Final Frontier after that. But man, yeah, but that part, oh my God. The ending of Star of the, the Wrath of Khan was just it, it was it was a rough one, but it was an amazing film. Again, I, I love it. Um there is a director's cut. I haven't seen it yet. I sh- I guess I should just buy it, but yeah, that that was I was not expecting it. Uh, Star Trek to be sad because <laughs> I had no no idea. I mean, this was before the internet, uh, so there was really no spoilers. I didn't know anyone that seen it the day it came out, the night it came out. We actually saw the second day it was out, but it was cool. I'm glad it wasn't spoiled to me any of it. I had no idea Spock was gonna die in it, but man, that was rough. That was a rough watch, <laughs> but I was so happy. When Star Trek three, Star Trek three came around and, and they brought him back. Even that part was sad when he when he came back and he remembered everybody. I thought that was awesome. And then the voyage continued and everything. But yeah, we did lose uh, Leonard Nimoy. Um, I loved when he made his uh, his little cameos on Big Bang Theory. Uh, his voice, as well as when he was the the voice of uh, Tiny Spock, 
the little Mego figure that Sheldon had. <laughs> I thought that was really cool, but yeah, he left us with a, a lot of good stuff. Uh, Leonard Nimoy passed in 2015. <coughs> uh, it was cool that he was in um, that uh, last, not not the last Star, the first Star Trek film out of the new, the new movie ones, and what came out in 2009. You were in there for that panel, weren't you? I was. That's right. I, I remember I, I got a cool picture of Leonard Nimoy somewhere on my computer. But yeah, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. That's my third and final sad moment in movie history. All right. And um, for me, uh, like I said, for my first two, La Bamba and Green Mile, that's like kind of instantly just came to mind. Uh, and then just sitting here trying to think of a third one, uh, I wouldn't say... I came up with the most, the saddest movie, uh, but just looking at my shelf, it's not like I have a whole ton of films on there, but, uh, you know, I got all the Star Wars, I got all the MCU films and whatnot, and then I got my Wes Anderson films, and I was like, oh, I could uh, pick from that, so I figured I'd go with uh, the one where uh, I uh, take my uh, my name from, my podcasting name, uh, The Zisu. Uh, the Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. I thought I'd go with that. And it's interesting to pull up the IMDb because the first highlighted uh, Metacritic uh, review of it basically says uh, the director of Rushmore and the Royal Tenenbaum scores his most funny slash sad movie to date. So uh, it was interesting to catch that. And I, I found that even after the fact, even picking it, because uh, when I looked at uh, the Wes Anderson selection of films, I was like, OK, what's well, probably the saddest moment? And uh, I guess spoiler alert for the life aquatic, but uh, the death of uh, Kingsley Ned Zisu uh, is a moment that. I think for me, it was just sad because I loved that movie. And like the first time, I, I mean, I saw it, um, I was like loving everything about it. And I just loved all the dialogue and the adventure of it. And I thought it was so well acted. And I loved all the details, everything I love about Wes Anderson movies. But then you get to that moment and it's kind of just like a unexpected thing like i don't know if they needed to go there but i mean i guess it works you know effectively uh, emotional and actually it helps um bill murray's the main character of steve zisu it helps him like you know meeting this guy whether he was his son or he wasn't because they do leave that uh, up in the air whether or not he was they kind of hint towards that he's not but then he might be so um i've definitely seen a lot of discussions on that i actually have a couple of books um one uh breaking down like uh all well not all the west anderson films but uh all but the most recent like two uh the west anderson collection is the book i have and they kind of get into that uh discussion but yeah i mean it was uh impactful for him and um it was it was kind of interesting because yeah it did help him like kind of recapture 
the adventure and in his life he was like stuck in a little bit of a rut and you know meeting this guy whether he was his son or, or he wasn't he helped him and it obviously you know they don't dwell on it too long but like the death scene itself is quite sad too because it also like i said it's kind of a, a sucker punch because you don't expect it like it's like the last thing you expect from the film so uh, like I said, this one to me, I, it doesn't stack up, you know, on the sadness scale with, uh, La Bamba and, um, Green Mile, especially Green Mile. Green Mile's probably number one on the sadness list for me, but, uh, just personally, uh, I would say, you know, it ranked up there and just, just how much it like, you know, this movie meant to me like a say i you know go by zisu uh not only here on the podcast but all the social stuff so yeah that's uh gonna be my third and final one life aquatic with steve zisu yep really quick uh, the three that i picked wind river uh rogue one star wars story and star trek 2 the wrath of Khan. just three awesome films um, those are the ones that when I first thought about this, this is the first, first three that popped in my head. I mean, there's other sad moments. Uh, yeah, I, w- yeah. I would have brought up, uh, La Bamba as well, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of uh, stuff. I mean, even, uh, Return of the Jedi when right. uh, Yoda passed. Um, yeah. speaking of that, is that showing up in your area? It's not, uh, I did check too. It was sad. I'm going to look it up again right now, just in case, but I saw uh, somebody posted that uh, it was actually doing pretty decently um, box office wise. Like it ranked surprisingly, like I think fourth or something, which that's pretty incredible. (laughs) It's the special edition, everyone. It ain't the original cut of the film because somebody posted, um, a video on TikTok. Oh, I finally get to see what my parents saw in 1983, and it's the ending when, really? when uh, yeah, when uh, Luke is looking and he sees uh, Yoda and Ben and uh, Anakin, but it's um, Hayden Christensen, and it's that new song. It's not the Ewok song at the end, and I was just everyone was like, oh my god, it was so amazing. I'm in tears right now. I was like. That's not what we saw in eight. I said that's not what we saw or heard in '83. So <laughs> you guys, again, I mean, it, it, I'm happy that Star Wars is still around, and maybe maybe this was the first time when they got to see Return of the Jedi uh, on the big screen. Cool, right? Yeah, I want I want to go see it. It's playing in Reno at uh, Legends. I want to go over there. It's not an IMAX or anything, but I was like, oh, I hate that ending. Uh, there's a slap in the face <laughs> to whoever the guy that played uh, Anakin at the end. I mean, and it looks so cheesy too. It it, it wasn't. I, I would have rather had them erase that guy completely and have Hayden standing there in a in, in his Jedi robe, than just adding his head to the old actor's body. I was <laughs> like, oh. and I hated that song at the end but eh, it fit the special yep, edition not- but i wanted the i still want the uh, i wish they would put the um original 
ones on Disney Plus. I mean, you can yeah, clean them up, but not the special edition ones. Just right. have them the way we saw it in, in in the good old days. But I don't know. Monkey. Yeah, that too. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> I think I think Disney would get more money out of us if they would put uh, clean up the originals and just a non-special edition. Put those out. Uh, Star Wars, not Episode Four, New Hope. Just Star Wars, and then the crawl starts. I mean, I'd be happy. I have those on DVD, but they were like burns from a uh, laser disc. Um, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what they do. I mean, if they want more of my money, Star Wars wise, with the originals, I, w- I would definitely buy those again. But. All right, everyone, that is it this episode. We're, we're not three hours. We're a little over an hour, but uh, we got more for you here on, what is this, <laughs> Spotify for podcasters or whatever they're calling it. They should just call it something else, man. Th- couldn't think of a better name or, I don't know, I guess you couldn't call it Spotify. I already got that, but I don't know, everyone. But uh uh, everyone to listen to the last one we did the 12 iconic 80s characters right on thank you um and there's so many jillion episodes here on our now the spotify uh, <laughs> feed definitely uh check all those out if you haven't if you're new to the show again welcome thank you so much spread the word on our show you can hear awesome uh, stuff from us. The Zisu is the voice of reason. I'm the one, the old man, grouchy guy that talk <laughs> shit and everything. But hey, I mean, that's why we do this. <laughs> we yeah. gotta have gotta have the good side and the bad side. So, but uh, it's fun. I mean, I always gotta thank my brother here uh, for everything. Uh, but yeah, man, coming along with me on this adventure. Um, go back yeah. and listen to the last uh, episode of Each Society on the on the Podbean feed. Uh, it was episode 284. It was over three hours, everyone. We had a lot on there because we were gone for a while. So, but <coughs> man, these allergies. <clears throat> everyone, thank you for listening to that and everything else we got here. Oh my God. <coughs> oh, sorry, everyone. Oh my gosh. It's, it got all hot and my allergies kicked in. Now it's getting cold again. So hopefully yeah, that, I've had allergies all week and it's been windy and it's, <clears throat> it's not oh man, here comes the rain again too. Yeah, and it's the, supposed to rain here on Tuesday. But pretty uh, much cold next week here. Straight through think, next Sunday. I don't know what happened there. We just kinda lost our connection and it got cut off. But uh, we were pretty much done with the episode. So, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Come back uh, for our next episode. I would say next week, but I don't know when that the next episode is going to be. We do got a regular episode coming uh, really soon. Um, I got to go out of town on some personal business, but we will be back for more. So, definitely uh, follow us everywhere. Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, um, TikTok, all that and everything. You guys know. Just go down below to all the links. And we'll see you guys next time. So until then, everyone be safe out there and party on. Been and always shall be your friend.